0: guys, uh, go ahead and find your seat. Um, Welcome again to Free Church. I hope you guys enjoyed. It was a beautiful, beautiful week. Cool weather is on the way. Everybody was talking about um, difficulties that they went through throughout the week and hard times they had and allergies that they suffered. And... Uh, there's good times, there's bad times, but I know that I came here today um, to to focus in on Christ, to worship Him, uh, to dig into His Word, to connect with you guys in community, and so I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad that we get to experience God together today. Uh, I asked on our members and attenders Facebook group this week if we had anybody that'd like to share maybe a story or a testimony of something that God is doing in their life, specifically in regard to the service that we had last week about open doors and opening that series of open doors. And I had several people reach out to me and I chose some different ones to share. And this morning, I wanna invite up our kids director, uh, Lynn Williams, or more appropriately, Teacher Lynn. If you'd wanna come up, if you can give Lynn a hand, he's gonna share a testimony of something God is doing in his life.
1: Does this work? Oh, good. I'm not used to being on stage in front of adults. I usually see little kids all over the place. But um, when Anthony said this, I just have to reflect on the last several months. My life has been a work in progress since then. And I've gone through many open doors as I look back over the years. And a few things that have really spoken to me in the last several weeks of services began with Spencer when he said that God has a mission and a purpose for all of us. If we, if we don't follow him, we won't find peace. And then I went to a children's ministry conference in Atlanta for a few days, and they said several things back there, like I heard, we don't need a perfect plan because we have a perfect God. Be brave enough to be bad at something new. God is the ar- architect, he gives us a blueprint, and we are the general contractors, and we are crafted t- for the time that we're in. And then Tim, a couple weeks back, he said that God will use who he chooses, don't be an idiot. And then from Ladina, I gathered, it is time to stop sitting and time to start moving forward to do what he has called us to do. And then Anthony, a couple weeks back, he said, followers, don't hesitate. Followers leave the security of the known for the adventure of the unknown. And I am definitely in one of those unknown periods right now for me. And in a book that I am reading, this took a little time to digest, but it makes sense, so bear with me as I say this. It says, God will not honor the direction of our lives when we are living outside of our unique identity. God will never leave us. He created created us intentionally for a unique reason and purpose. He knows exactly who he designed us to be, to do, and to achieve. This purpose in mind, God's plan for us, allows us to contribute to the good of others as well as ourselves. God won't help us become someone he did not create us for. And as I look back, these, these are doors that have been open for me that I went through. Some of them are easier to do than others, and some are more difficult, none more difficult than the last door that I went through. Partially, that is. But looking back, I first became a Christian at a brother-in-law's funeral. And the pastor asked me to come meet him in a couple of days, and I went not knowing what was going on. And he asked if there's something that God could pray for me, so I walked through that door not knowing any better. And I said, I want a love for kids, so God gave me that then. And then when I started, I never dated in high school. When I was interested in starting dating with girls, I saw one out with one date. I didn't go on a date at all in high school. I went on and went in college, and that girl I kind of liked, but that door shut easily. And then a few weeks later, I saw this gal from across the room, and we have been now been married for over 35 years. Yes. <laughs> and when I began to start helping out in church, I thought I might be interested in a junior high or high school, but the only class to open was five-year-olds. And so I've been teaching five-year-olds for the last 30-plus years. Yeah. And then I went through a job layoff at work. I'd been there for almost 10 years, no bad record, no nothing wrong. But instead of choosing to be angry and upset, I just moved forward. And i have been at my last job for almost 25 years and it's been a far better position for me. And plus the company I worked for went out of business about 10 years ago. So God knew what he was doing. And finally, a few years ago, God called me and my wife here from a church we had been at for 25 years. It was not easy and we just followed in faith after a long hard summer of looking and then we've been here and then six months ago i was asked to take over the directorship here and this is the door that i am having the most difficult time with because i've been teaching for so long that's what i'm comfortable with but i need to step out and just know that god has a plan for me in this position that it is actually i know where i should be but i just don't want to take it and so i put one foot through the door and after Anthony had said last week, I believe it was last week, that when we go through the door, there, God, if it's what he wants, he will always have something better for us. And I don't know what that something better is, but I need to move forward. And so if you guys could pray with me along that line, for the, that I would just fully go through that door and do what he wants, that would be great for everyone.
0: The door was a male. But I I changed my mind in the female service. (laughs) In the female, I changed my mind in the the 11 a.m. service that this door is female, and um, she's going to be with us for two months, and her name is Dora, and um, she she has some stories to tell. Uh, So we started this series last week with Dora um, called Open Doors, and I I shared a prompting that I had received from God um, over the last couple of months that there's this season right now of open doors. A season of open doors uh, for the church, for Christianity, for the gospel, uh, for our church, and I believe for your lives as well. And we discussed kind of as Lynn just alluded to, that if we don't walk through these doors that God opens up in front of us, that we may miss out on what's on the other side of those doors. And, And as I was Understanding that it was a season of open doors, God began to give me some season of of clarity for where our church is going and some things that we'll be doing that we'll be sharing over the next couple of weeks. But last week's big idea was that in order to go through this season of open doors, that we have to actually walk through the door. And that is found in John 10, 9, where Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So we discussed that Jesus made a way for us to be able to have access to God, which had been prohibited to us before due to sin. Our sin is a closed door between us and God. And that Jesus lived, died, and rose again. He uh, tore the veil. That's what we talked about last week. He tore the veil in the temple that separates us from God. And he opens the door for us to forgiveness, to relationship with him, a door to the Holy Spirit, and he opens a door to everlasting life. We talked about how Jesus gives this open door generously, graciously, and freely, and we just simply walk in through faith. He says, if anyone would enter in through me, he will be saved. And so we talked about how for somebody who was an unbeliever, that they have to open up the door of their heart to receive Christ in order to walk through that door. And then we discussed how for the believer, for the Christian, That in order for us to live or to abide in Christ and to allow him to enter into our heart, it must be a continuous thing. We must allow Jesus to have access to every part of our heart. And for the believer and unbeliever, we talked about the idea that Jesus is knocking on the door. He says in Revelation chapter 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And eat with him and he with me. And so last weekend as we closed these services, um, we saw so many of you literally go through this particular door um, to show that they wanted to enter a relationship with Jesus. And so many Christians... Walk through that door to show that they wanted to open up the door of their heart to allow Jesus to have access to every part that was inside. And at the 11 o'clock service, I, if I'm being real transparent, I was actually really shocked by how that turned out. Um, both services, but at the 11 o'clock service, there were some people that we had been praying for for weeks for some specific things Um that would never stand up and do anything publicly but march through this door and receive prayer on the other side. And it was phenomenal, and I I just left thinking, wow, that was was pretty incredible that people were so open to a season of open doors and desperate for wanting a move of God on their lives that they were willing to take a step of faith to do that very thing. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about these different ideas of different doors and things and opportunities that are open. And today I want to talk about a little bit more of an obscure topic, not just an open door. But I want to talk to you today about the open door of open heavens. This big idea of open heavens. What does it mean that the heavens would be open? And immediately as I was thinking of open doors, this was the second thing that came to mind, that it was a season of open heavens. And the more conservative side of me was like, oh, that sounds kind of strange. You know, that sounds kind of like hyper-spiritual, open heavens. I, I've heard that talked about in some weird ways before. But but what I mean by that is I believe with all my heart that this generation is hungry. I believe that this generation is primed. I believe this generation is, is hungry and ready and waiting for a touch of heaven. Waiting for a move of the Holy Spirit. Waiting for a fresh impartation of spiritual gifts, waiting for a fresh impartation of miracles and healings and and things that God is doing in the supernatural realm. And while previous generations became really leery of these things due to misuses and abuses they encountered in churches, I believe that this current generation, I believe they've become so disgusted by what they've been fed to them by the world and by the enemy That they really want to see a move of God. That this generation wants to experience God's presence, wants to experience and wants to see him at work in their lives. And when I'm talking about this generation, I'm literally talking about different generations. Um, In in the culture in which we live, in the time we live today, we have these different generations that we've classified in the Western world. And kind of um, the the older generation that's around today are are boomers. How many of you are, are... you're actually considered a, a boomer. Um, Greg, are you on the, I think you're right on the line there, boomer. Then beyond, beyond boomer, it was Generation X. I'm, I'm a proud member of Generation X. Generation X has the coolest name of all of them. Um, beyond Generation X, there were millennials. Um, I know that Tim and Kara, they came and they shared with you a minute ago, and Kim led you in worship. They are millennials, that particular generation. And the generation below that would be considered this Generation Z, and that sounds so cool as well, but Gen Z are really those who are kind of like 24 and under, and I believe that that generation is hungry, ready, primed for a move of the Holy Spirit, and we saw in our culture and in our history um, the greatest generation, which was our Grandparents and great grandparents and great great grandparents who fought in World War II. And after World War II, these generations experienced great moves of God because the nation was hungry for a move of God. And the boomer generation inherited that and they walked in the revivals of those particular days and these Jesus revolutions, like is portrayed in the film. And then by the time that we got to um, the younger boomers and to the Generation X, people started to. Um, use and misuse some of the things of the spirit to take advantage of people or maybe they just were kind of out of line and out of bounds and younger generations were like, whoa, we're not so sure about this anymore. And, and I am a product of, of seeing some things done in regard to the supernatural where I um, reluctantly so, and being convicted by it now, was like a little bit standoffish of those things because I'd seen such strange things. But I'm seeing that the younger generation. Because they haven't witnessed those things, they're hungry for it. And so as I say, it's a season of open heavens. Because of my own experiences, that very statement makes me a little bit uncomfortable. But I have to understand that if God says there's open doors, there's open doors. If God says there's open heavens, then there's open heavens. And I don't really want to get in the way of that. I don't want to miss out on what God is doing. And while previous generations may have thought these things were weird, I believe... And what I'm hoping for is that when the heavens are opened and God really shows up, it will be marked by peace. It will be marked by order, clarity, truth, softened hearts, repentance, faith, salvation, deliverance, freedom. Those are the things I believe that the Spirit will do in this generation is give people peace, salvation, salvation. Freedom, repentance, clarity, and truth. And so what does it mean when we talk about this concept of of open heavens? Well, if you go in the Old Testament, specifically to the book of Genesis, we we find that before sin closed the door between us and relationship with God, that, that mankind, specifically here, Adam and Eve, had full access to God. And the Old Testament speaks of this place, Eden, where God placed Adam and Eve, where God placed man. In the Old Testament, um, in Ezekiel, in Isaiah, in Genesis, in Psalms, later on in Revelation, the Bible speaks of Eden where God placed man, and it alludes to Eden being sort of this mountaintop garden temple. Eden was essentially God's base on planet Earth, where his presence dwelled. Eden was a place, essentially, where heaven and earth intersected, where heaven and earth overlapped. And so, to simplify, Eden was this place of open heavens. But when sin closed the door between us and God, mankind was cast down from, was cast out of Eden, and the open heavens that we were supposed to experience, and the Adam and Eve experience as open heavens, were closed. However, In the thousands of years leading up to Jesus, which would eventually open up the door again between us and God. Following Eden, throughout the Old Testament, there were occasions and locations where the heavens did open. When heaven did touch earth and where the door was just cracked open enough to invite people into relationship with God and prepare people for the coming of a Savior. Here's a couple of ex- examples of that in the Old Testament. Once um, God speaks to Moses from from what? A burning bush. And God says to Moses, Take off your sandals, because the ground that you were standing on is, is holy ground. And so the ground that his bare feet touched, it was this example of open heavens. There were open heavens and the pillar of smoke and the pillar of fire by day and by night in front of and going before Israel in the wilderness. When God meets with Israel atop Mount Sinai, open heavens. Within the Holy of Holies, in the temple and in the tabernacle, open heavens. On top of the Ark of the Covenant where God's presence dwelled, open heavens. But the very first scripture that came to mind in regard to open heavens was Genesis chapter 28. If you want to open up to Genesis 28, I'll have a couple verses on the screen for you. I want to highlight an event in scripture of open heavens. Specifically, Jacob's vision of an open heaven. Jacob was the grandson of Abraham. He was the son of Isaac. But Jacob saw an open door to heaven. So, fleeing from his brother Esau, after stealing his birthright, Jacob leaves home to find a wife from his father's people. Imagine if your parents sent you to go marry one of your cousins. Essentially, that's what's going on. So he says, um, parents, his mom says, you need to get out of here. Your brother's going to kill you. His dad says, don't take a wife unless it's from my family. And so he goes back to the land of his father's people. And on the way there to find a wife, he first finds a place to stay in the wilderness on the way. And so Jacob takes a rock. And he uses it as a pillow when he falls asleep on the ground. How many of you, your pillow is like a rock? Um, my pillow is like a pillowcase. It's just like completely collapses down as I lay down into it. But, but Jacob, for whatever reason, he likes a firm pillow. He lays his head on a rock. And in Genesis 28, verse 12, as he falls asleep using a rock as his pillow, it says, as Jacob dreamed, behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth. The word used here in in Hebrew for ladder, it could also be interpreted in stairs, could be another phrase. Um, Some people try to um, visualize this as like a, a ziggurat of the ancient Near East that had stairs going up towards the heaven. But either way, in this dream, he has this ladder or these stairs going up into heaven. It says, the top of this ladder reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on this stairway or on this ladder, And behold, the Lord stood above the ladder. This could also mean that the Lord stood next to Jacob in this dream. So the Lord then passes, as God interacts with Jacob in this vision, in this dream, the Lord passes the promise of his grandfather and the promise of his father Isaac down to Jacob that this lamb that he's sleeping on would be his That he would have innumerable offspring and that through his offspring, the entire world would be blessed. And we knew that that would be through Christ. And so in verse 16, it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it when I laid my head down on this pillow. And Jacob was afraid, and Jacob said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate or the door of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and he set it up as a pillar and he poured oil atop the pillar and he called the name of the place Bethel. And Bethel means specifically, it means house of God. So this place is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Jacob was at God's house. Jacob was in the place where God was and he saw the door of heaven opened up. Jacob saw open heavens with a stairway connecting it and earth, the place of overlap, of intersection. Jacob viewed this place where angels came and went between heaven and earth, and he commemorated this place so that he would remember this pivotal moment within his life. Before we go on, has there been a a pivotal moment spiritually in your life before? Has there been a time like like Lynn actually just shared at his brother-in-law's funeral where he met Jesus, a pivotal moment where you met Christ, where Christ filled you with His Spirit, where Christ called you into ministry, how did you commemorate that moment? How do you remember the moment of open heavens? And So 2,000 years later, as Jesus would come and He would call a disciple by the name of Nathanael, Jesus would actually point back to this open heaven moment that Nathanael and every other Israelite would have known of in uh, Genesis chapter 28. And Jesus told Nathanael this in John chapter 1, verse 51. So Jesus to Nathanael, John chapter 1, he says, Truly I say to you, Nathanael, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Son of Man is a self-designated term that Jesus gives for himself. So the gate, the door of heaven will open, Angels will ascend and angels will descend, not on a ladder, not on a stairway, but Jesus says the angels will ascend and descend on Christ Himself. This means that Jesus is the means by which heaven and earth will come together one day for all time. Jesus is the means by which man's relationship with God will be restored. And Jesus is the means by which all who enter Him will be saved. And so Jesus is God in the flesh who was with not just Jacob, but he was with those he walked with, like Nathaniel. He was with those who followed him. And Jesus, then, as we talked about last week, he tore the veil and opened the door through his death so that Nathaniel, so that all who came before Nathaniel, like Jacob, and all who would come after Nathaniel, like you and I, could have access to God. And so Jacob's dream, Jacob's vision that he had, it wasn't just a realization that God was with him. It wasn't just a realization that this was the house of God he was sleeping in. It wasn't just a realization that he saw open heavens and a connection between heaven and earth. Jacob's dream was a prophetic vision of Jesus that one day God would be with all who called on his name. That God would be with all who entered the door of Christ. That God's house would not be a specific place, a place called Bethel. But God's house would actually be the people of God. God's house would be the people of God who would open the door of their heart to Jesus. And that all who would enter that door would have access through open hearts. They would have connection with God through Jesus Christ. And all who followed Jesus could experience heaven on earth at the return of Jesus one day. So Jacob's vision is connected directly to Jesus, which is connected to Jesus' calling of Nathanael. But following, three years later, following the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, a door was opened through Christ to have access to God. And when we enter the door of salvation, when we enter salvation through Christ, it is not a door of just simply forgiveness of sins. It is not a door simply of a restored relationship with God. It is not a door just of eternal life in heaven and earth one day. But entering the door of salvation is also the gift of the Holy Spirit. When you enter the door, you receive the gift of the Spirit. So God was with Jacob in Bethel. God was with mankind through Jesus. But in the Holy Spirit, God is in us. We are the house of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit, as Christians, dwells inside of us, and His Spirit makes us more like Jesus. His Spirit is a deposit. It's a guarantee. It's evidence of our salvation His Spirit convicts us of sin. His Spirit comforts us. His Spirit gives to every believer spiritual gifts. And His Spirit produces within us spiritual fruit. And Jesus Himself promised the Holy Spirit. Jesus told His followers to wait for the Holy Spirit upon His resurrection. And 40 days after He resurrected from the dead, Jesus ascended to the Father in heaven and He told the disciples, Wait till the Spirit comes. And they waited and they waited and they waited for ten days on a second story room in the city of Jerusalem on Mount Zion near the temple. And on the tenth day of waiting, the Spirit descended. And the Spirit filled the church. And the Spirit continues to fill everyone who calls on the name of the Lord to be saved. So my body is the house of God. The body of Christ is the house of God. And my heart and your heart as a Christian represents open heavens through the spirit of God. Connection between you and him. And here's the account of this taking place on Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, that's 50 days after Passover, 50 days after the death of Jesus. When the day of Pentecost arrived... The followers of Jesus, the disciples, all all 120 of them were together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. How many of you would recognize that is a strange day? You and 120 people hiding because you're followers of Jesus, but also waiting because you're followers of Jesus for the Spirit to come. You have no idea what that means because up until this point, the Holy Spirit only rushed on certain people like Samson for certain occasions, but here they're waiting. They don't know what to expect and they hear this mighty rushing wind, and I can imagine them thinking, is that him? And then they begin to look around and they're like, Bob, you have tongue-like fire, fire that looks like a tongue levitating above your head. And Bob looks up and he says, so does Sally. And Sally looks up like, so does John. So does Luke. And they're like, our hands aren't burnt. And they start speaking in other tongues and they're like, we think this is probably him. And they're speaking whatever the Spirit gives utterance. And so the people that are walking to the temple, they hear their native tongue being spoken and declaring the wonders of God. And they say, what's going on? And Peter, who is filled with the Spirit, Peter, who has just experienced open heavens for the first time, he stands out amongst the crowd. And we know it's the Holy Spirit because Peter's an idiot. And he goes out and he starts to give this eloquent sermon and he challenges a crowd of thousands. He's like, guys, this is what's going on in verse 17. He says, this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. You know, four or five hundred years before now when Joel wrote this prophecy, this is what we're encountering. It's open heavens. He says, in the last days it shall be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Somebody, touch yourself, see if you have flesh today. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Does it need moisturized? I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Men and women, women and men will prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. How many of you here are young men? Vision time. Young men will have visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. The last year I've never dreamed so many dreams in my life. Old men will dream dreams. Even on my male servants and my female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, vapor of smoke, and the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. It's great for those he comes for. It's not great for those who've rejected him. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here's what you need to know. This is what we're talking about today. God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. The heavens are open. Your sons and your daughter, the heavens are open for them to prophesy. The heavens are open for young men to have visions. The heavens are wide open for old men to have dreams. And you and I have been in the last days. And humanity has been in the last days ever since the time of Jesus. And the final days, the magnificent day of the Lord, are drawing closer and closer and closer. And the heavens are open. And God's Spirit is being poured out. And so... Peter preaches that day to the crowd. He says, this is what we've been waiting for. And he begins to tell them about Jesus. And the crowd, it says they were cut to the heart. They were convicted of sin. And they said, what do we do with this feeling of conviction? And Peter says to them in Acts 2, verse 38, he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit for the promise is for you and it is for your children and for all who are far off everyone whom the lord of our god or our lord our god calls to himself how many of you would acknowledge that we are pretty far off from Jerusalem in the year 30 A.D. It's been a while. We are far off. We're in the United States of America in the year 2023. But Peter says the gift is not just for us. It's for the future. The gift is for people who will be sitting in churches 2,000 years later. The gift is for everyone who God calls to himself. The gift of open heavens is for you. The gift of the Spirit of God being poured out on all people is for every believer. So recapping, through Jesus the door has been opened to relationship with God. Through the Spirit of God we have access to open heavens. God with us through Christ, God in us through the Holy Spirit. But this pouring out, the pouring out is not a one-time event. You see, last week we said we need to invite Jesus into the door of our heart continuously. We need to continuously ask Jesus to have access to every part of our heart. And so too should you and I seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit continuously. So Peter said the Spirit will be poured out. The gift of the Holy Spirit will be given to everyone who believes. But then Paul, about a decade or two later, he says this to Christians. Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. Wait, Paul, aren't we already filled? Yes, but be filled with the Spirit. Well, Paul, we received it the day we were saved. Yes, you did, but be filled with the Spirit. Just like you and I can restrict access to parts of our hearts from Jesus Christ, you and I can cease being filled with the Holy Spirit when our hunger ceases for him. We need to be hungry and thirsty for a move of the Spirit. And he says, be filled continuously. It is a constant thing, Ephesians 5. Be filled with the Spirit. He's here, but I want more. He's in your heart, but do you want more? A lot of times, I don't want more. A lot of times, I acknowledge I have the Holy Spirit. But if I had more, that means I would have to not do this as much. If I had more of the Holy Spirit, that means I would need to devote more time to this. But Paul says, be filled. Be filled up. Pouring doesn't imply half full. You know you go to a good restaurant where you've got a waiter or waitress coming to your table constantly refilling your drink. Can I get you more? 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 And sometimes if there's not much for them to do, you'll take like one drink. They're like, let me fill it up again. And you're like, whoa, chill out. I need a couple more drinks before you fill it out. Pouring doesn't imply half full. It implies being filled to the brim. It implies being overflowing. In fact, David in Psalms 23, he says that God anoints our head with oil and our cup runs over. It overfills. And this is where I believe we are right now in a season of open heavens. That God is ready to visit us in a special way. I believe that we're entering into a season of miracles, a season of healing, a season of being filled with the Spirit, a season of receiving spiritual gifts that God has for us, a season of special visitation of the Holy Spirit in order to equip us for the times and the work ahead. And it's not without precedence. You say, okay, well, on Pentecost, when Christians received the Spirit, isn't that where it stopped? Oh, no, in in the New Testament, there were open-door seasons. Times where God poured out His Spirit in extravagant and in special ways. Stephen was filled with the Spirit, and as he was being stoned to death, he looked up, and literally the heavens were opened, and he saw Jesus stand at the right hand of the Father to acknowledge His martyrdom. I want to experience open heavens. Hopefully not while I'm being stoned. In any way of being stoned, but hopefully just open heavens. John saw, it says, I saw the door of heaven open, and he saw a special revelation of the end of all days in Revelation 4. I saw the door of heaven open. Paul spoke often of seasons and open doors of effectiveness and faith being opened by the Lord for salvation to the people he was ministering to, the Spirit poured out in power in an unbelievable supernatural ways in the lives of the apostles at some times and places more than others. There were times where the Spirit was so overflowing from the apostles and when the doors of heaven were so wide open that like Peter's shadow was healing people. Paul's handkerchiefs were healing people and you say, Pastor, that's weird. Yeah, it's real weird. That's why it was a special season of anointing, of open doors. We saw even in the life of Jesus as he was being baptized, what happens? Well, the heavens open. And the Father declares, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit of God descends on Jesus like a dove. There are times, there are seasons of open doors... There's portions of the gospel that says, and the Spirit of God was present for healing. You're like, well, wasn't the Spirit of God always there? Wasn't Jesus himself there? Yeah, I don't know why, but it says there were special times of open heavens where God's presence was there for a specific reason. So if God says it's open doors, it's open doors. It's a season of open doors. If God says it's a season of open heavens, then then it is. It's a season of open heavens. And He's ready to pour His Spirit out on you. It's a season of open doors, a season of open heavens, and, and you have to ask yourself, are you ready? And what does He want for you during this season? What does He want to show you? What does He want to do to you? What does the Holy Spirit want to give to you? What does He want to equip you for? What does the Holy Spirit want to empower you to do? What does the Holy Spirit want to reveal to you now in this season? And I'd like you, if you could, just... Um, putting the distractions away. I'm going to wrap our time up. But if you close your eyes to eliminate distraction around you, you can dim the lights. some. I have a, a question for you, if you could pay close attention during our final moments. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And every time we meet, no matter who's here, how many are here, when we're here, Every time we meet, we just need to stop and say, do I know Jesus? Now, when I ask you, have you entered the door of salvation through Christ? He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Jesus is inviting you to relationship with God. Jesus has lived, died, and rose again so that your sins could be forgiven, your relationship with him restored. So you could have everlasting life and so that you could receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You may have been brought up in a tradition that said the gift of the Holy Spirit that you receive when you're saved is speaking in tongues. At this church, we don't believe that. We believe tongues is for today, but it's not the gifts. There's 20 spiritual gifts, actually. But the gift that's being spoken of in this regard and in these verses is the gift of the Spirit himself. The Spirit of God dwelling and living inside of you, filling you to the brim, overflowing. This is what God gives through Jesus Christ. And Jesus offers this salvation from our sins freely as a gift of grace. It means we don't deserve to enter that door, but God opens it freely. And the only thing we must do to enter through the door is to enter by faith. Enter by faith. That's why Paul says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. That's why Jesus said, God so loved the world he gave his only son that whosoever believes has faith. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but he came to give you life and life to the full. So do you know Christ? Revelation 3, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and if they open the door, he says, I will come in. So if you don't know him, he's knocking on the door of your heart. He wants you to open that to him and give him full access to your heart. And for the Christian here, if you say, I'm a Christian, I've surrendered my life to Jesus Christ Your salvation wasn't just this this time where you opened the door, you invited him in, and that was it. It's a time where Jesus would live in your heart, and once again, you give him access to every portion of your life. So my question for you is, have you given Jesus access to everything, or are there certain doors that you've closed off to him? Because if you've closed doors off to him, he's saying, here I am knocking. Would you hear my voice and open and let me in? And for those who would say, I... I want to enter in through Christ. I have entered in through Christ. I've allowed Jesus access to every part of my life. It's a season of open heavens. The heavens have been open through the Holy Spirit since the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago. The heavens will be open until the time that Jesus returns and restores heaven and earth. But I believe there are times, I believe there are seasons... I believe there are times of effectiveness. I believe there are times where God wants to do something new. God wants to do something unique. God wants to move in a new way, a new way that would be backed up by Scripture and by the history of the Christian church. And there's people that study past revivals, and they talk about, well, back in 1800, this happened. Or back at the turn of the 20th century was the Azusa Street Revival. And then there was the times of these great traveling evangelists. And then there was the great healing crusades of the 1950s. And then there was the great Jesus Revolution of the 1960s and 70s. And then there was this charismatic renewal in the church in the 70s. And then there was this kind of seeker-sensitive moment where lots of people, the boomers, were coming to Jesus in new ways. And all those times were awesome. But if we live for the past, we're not living for anything at all. What about us? What about now? What about today? What does God want to do in your life? Study all the history you want, please, because the more you learn about history, especially from the scriptures, the more of a foundation you have. But if the foundation you have doesn't take you anywhere, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Where is God taking you? The season of open heavens. Will you receive it? I want to read Acts 2 one more time. When people said, well, Peter, what do we do? Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the Holy Spirit. There's something that God put in my heart on Wednesday. And it was this idea of baptism. Baptism doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't forgive you of your sins. It doesn't make you a member of a church. But it's a sign of what God's done in you. And I, and I think if you've surrendered your life to Jesus and you, you died before you get baptized, I, I believe with all my heart you're going to heaven. Baptism does not save you. But Jesus says that we are to be baptized. Peter says, repent and be baptized. I think it's possible that some of us aren't experiencing open heavens as much as we could be. It's because we have not been obedient in the little things, things even like baptism. And we had baptism back on Easter, but I was just compelled to say today, if you have not been baptized in water, you need to be. If you'd like to be baptized in water, we don't have baptism scheduled until August, but the Lord just put on my heart, invite people to be baptized in water. If you want to be baptized in water, would would you tell somebody and we'll do it next week because it might be the thing holding you back. Because it was actually when Jesus was baptized that the heavens were open and the Spirit descended. But Peter also says, repent. One of the things that might be a closed door between you and open heavens is repentance. Have you repented of sin? Not just been forgiven of it, but have you been repented? Have you repented of sin? Have you been delivered from a sin that is gripped and held fast to your life? And do you want to be set free of that sin? Well, the Lord says it's a season of open heavens. Be set free. God put in my heart late last night. Bitterness. Is there something you're bitter about? You need to let that go because bitterness is a closed door to open heavens. God wants you to walk in this season of open heavens to be restored, to be filled, to be delivered, to be encouraged, to be empowered, to be equipped to do his work. But bitterness is not going to get you there. You need to let it go. The Last couple of weeks, I've encountered pride in some ways I, I was surprised in. of just seeing, um, and I, I've been proud throughout my life, and so this is not Uh, hypocritical, because I recognize I have pride, but I've seen some people act in pride that was just like, oh man, that's really getting in the way of open heavens. Is there some pride in your life that you need to humble yourself with, that you need to give to the Lord and say, I'm going to let this go so I can receive all God has for me. What's keeping you from receiving? What's keeping you from open heavens? So Kim's going to come up, she's going to lead us in a song, and as we start to sing, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you just stand with me now. Every Every week during this series, um, we're going to open this door. And again, last week, I clarified, it's a little bit cheesy. It's a little bit cliche. But that didn't stop dozens of people going through that door last week and receiving exactly what God had for them. So I'm going to open that door. And as you step through as an act of faith, um, I'm going to be on the other side of that door with some of our pastors. And as you walk through, I just want you to to declare to one of us, here's why I walk through. It's because today I want to give my life to Jesus, and we'll celebrate with you and pray for you. If it's, I've got some bitterness I need to let go of. I've got some pride I need to release. Or I just need to be obedient in the small things. I need to be baptized in water. Can we do that? Let us know. But because it's the season of open heavens, I'd like those of you who need prayer for healing you want to come up, I'm, we're going to lay hands on you. The Bible says if anybody among you is sick, let him call on the elders of church to pray for them. We're going to lay hands on you and pray for healing. Whatever it is you need healing from, something in your heart or something in your body, we're going to, we're going to pray that God will touch you, move on you, heal you, deliver you. you got a sin that's gripping your life. I believe it's a season of open heavens for those chains to be broke. You want to receive, you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, let's lay hands on you. Pray. There's There's this idea of Impartation that when people pray for you, sometimes you receive those gifts of the Holy Spirit, whether it's administration or miracles. We don't know. God chooses. So I'm going to pray and we're going to sing and we'll meet you over here. And we just want to spend some time believing, praying, and experiencing whatever open door God has for you. And I want to invite you back next week. We're going to talk about this idea of open doors for the gospel. And so if you have anybody in your life that doesn't know Jesus, that you want to hear the gospel in an effective way and be invited to faith, bring them next week. And we're going to share with you next week some things we're doing this summer. So let's, would you pray with me? God, I, I thank you for your word. And Jesus, all week, you've just impressed on me the idea. Repent and be baptized. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, God, I thank you for open doors through Christ. I thank you through open, for open heavens through the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for this season in faith. I'm just thanking you in hope. I'm thanking you for the season of open heavens. And God, for those who desire it, for those who want to walk in it, let them have their hearts open to receive. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.